In this episode, we'll discuss design thinking and owning the design process, take a deep dive into collaboration and its effectiveness, and respect. Welcome to Colored by Design. This discussion series looks at design issues through a uniquely biased lens. Our hope is to empower a new breed of creative as they enter into, mature, and navigate through the business world. I'm Corwin, Senior Global Creative Director. And I'm Jesse, Senior Experience Designer. Let's get into it. Good evening. Hey, hey, hey. How are you today? Doing well. How are you? Good, good, good. So our preliminary conversations, we're getting fired up. <laughs> getting we hot. have a, our pre-production meeting before yep. we get started. Yep. And it, it ran long today, so we might have to cut the, the actual podcast a little bit short. That's right. That's um, right. But we got, we got fired up, so it's always fun. Yeah. Well, let's dive into it. Anything happened this week that you were like, hey, this is, uh, I don't know, something memorable or meaningful that, that happened to you this week or last week? Besides you sending this great article on uh, the design thinking and how it's gone too far. How it's gone too far. <laughs> it's interesting. Well, I will say, shout out to everybody in the fantasy football world. Football season is back. Oh, yeah. Um, some people are doing some boycotting. And, and, and even I have friends that are, like, really, really football fanatics. And they're kind of not so thrilled with some of the things that, you know, they're kind of stiff-arming the NFL a little bit, which I thought really? was interesting. Yeah, interesting stuff. Interesting. But, uh, hey, to each his own. Are they burning any Nikes? They're not burning any Nikes because they realize <laughs> that would be stupid because you're burning your own investment. You know, yeah, Nike already has the money. Already got it. So, so. good luck with that. Yeah. And uh, I went into a Nike store because my daughter, she wanted to get a shirt and go represent and show solidarity for the cause. Yeah. I was like, good for you. Do you know why he's doing what he's doing? Yeah. Because she's like, I don't want to tell. She said, Mommy, I don't want to go to the store with Daddy because he's going to make me write an essay on <laughs> Why are they doing That's this? right. Write that essay. Write that essay, woman. <laughs> you better know what you're talking about. And I think that's very important, right? We kind of hit on it last week. And we yeah. were, we're not going to talk about the whole, you know, ad stuff and all that jazz and, 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 and a lot of things. But you got to know what you're talking about. Yep. That's all it comes down to. Now, you might not be the most eloquent person in the world. You might not be able to pronounce all the words and have a dynamic vocabulary. But... You have to know what you're talking about. Yeah. And if you don't, humble yourself. Sit down, learn. Let people teach you. Learn from others. Grab a mentor. Read, book, video, YouTube, whatever. Learn. Yeah, and I think that's a really great point. Um, it's important, and, and that's how we learn, right? We see these things happen, and we want to be naturally curious. If you see a cause out there that's going on, you need to do more research and understand well, what's really happening behind the scenes here. Yep. Well, even let's talk fake news for a second. You, yeah. you know, you brought up the, you know, again, here comes the crypto. Plug. <laughs> we need to have crypto. like Crypto Corner with Corwin or something <laughs> right. like that. I like that. Crypto <laughs> Corner with Corwin. It would have no followers. <laughs> but, you know, um, you know, you, you, you saw the, the Goldman Sachs announcement, you know, cause we saw Bitcoin take a pretty steep dive this, this yeah. uh, recently. And, yeah, uh, it, yeah, man, it's it's so interesting that the speculative markets. Um, we all saw the the Joe Rogan Elon Musk interview, and you oh, know he yeah. he hit a blunt, and then Tesla <laughs> lost billions of dollars <laughs> in the market cap, which is just so lesson lesson for you kids. <laughs> don't don't get videoed smoking weed if you're the head of a publicly traded company. Exactly, I guess. Um, and somewhat recently, uh, there was a report that Goldman Sachs was planning to drop a plan to build a pit, a Bitcoin trading platform which then subsequently caused the price of crypto to crash. But then um, at TechCrunch Disrupt, the CFO of Goldman Sachs said the story was fake news and said that the bank was still considering how to offer services that involve physical Bitcoin. Yeah. But hadn't set a timeline for it. That was it. But, you know, <laughs> just that speculation costs so much money. Yeah. And, and, and what's, you know, like I said, the, it, it's just 
you know, the markets, I don't know, I'm not a, I'm not a mega investor um, and, and I don't live and die by the thing. Right. So, but it, it just blows me away how the markets ebb and flow off of a hypothesis, a hunch, if he gets elected, if she gets elected, if right. Democrats are there, if Elon hits the joint, if he doesn't, if he acts right, if he, it's like, oh my God, do we value the companies anymore or do right. we not? Right. Is it about the product and what they're offering or is it not? Yeah, that, that's that's totally it. And, I, you know, again, we're speaking from the perspective of non-financial analysts. But to me, it seems like if you invest in a company, and again, this may be naivete or over idealism, but you should actually believe in what the company stands for and what they'll produce. Um, totally. Now, again, I understand people make livings on cents here, right? Just a five cent difference in stock price can mean hundreds of millions of dollars for, for people and for retirement funds and things like that. But for me, as an investor, I, I want to invest with my, I guess I, I do want to invest with my ideals. And if I buy yeah. Tesla stock, it's not going to, my faith in Tesla is not shaken by Elon. You know, I don't, I might not love the fact that he's tweeting too much or whatever, but I believe in the technology and what it means for the future, and so I invest. Right, and that's good because I think, well, I mean, some of you might disagree, but I like that because I am not, again, we talked last week about loyalty, right. loyalty to the cause or loyalty to a person. I believe, and again, <laughs> We might not be, this is not financial advice <laughs> because we do not make a lot of money on the stock market. Right. So for those of you that do, rock it, do your thing. But I do like to put my money into things that I actually do believe in because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a champion, I'm a, I'm a cheerleader for those things and people that I believe in. Yeah. You know, again, fantasy football is here. I'm not rooting for teams. Obviously, in fantasy, you're not rooting for teams anyway. Yeah. But I won't pick, just because a guy is a top pick, I won't pick him just because he's the guy. If I don't like the dude. Yeah. If I don't want to watch, if I don't want to root for him, yeah. I'm not going to pick him. Yeah. You know, so, and again, I haven't won a fantasy Super Bowl <laughs> yet either, so I suck at that too. Yeah. But guess what? I'm enjoying my life, so yeah. deal with that. You might be rich, wealthy, and not enjoying it. So, you know, <laughs> go do what you got to do with that. Oh, no, man. we're having a good time today. But, uh, yeah, but I mean, I, I really personally believe you should believe in in something. Yeah. You know, so. So let's get right to it. Yeah, let's go for it. In our in our pre-production meeting, you know, we, we, we read a few articles and we go over a few stories. Um, we have some interesting things to talk about. I don't know. What we were most excited about discussing, I think, was this idea of um, the design process and, and really uh, the role of collaboration in the design process. Right. And uh, this might be the first hot take of Colored by Design, but my assertion is that nothing great was achieved through design by committee. Uh-oh. Boy, you going out there on a limb with that one. Well, I might not be. I know that you agree with me. I do. I, I don't know, you know, what the general consensus is, especially because so much of work is now kind of the pendulum is swung, right? We still DFI people like Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs didn't do all the design work on the iPhone. He did very little of the actual day-to-day -day designing. I'm sure he wasn't right. an AutoCAD, you know, massaging right. the angle of the corners, right? But I think it takes people with strong visions and strong a strong leadership position to really move the needle at all. And we have 
I think we've swung so far in the other direction of mm. collaboration and openness and inclusiveness. Mm. Again, we're the podcast that's focused on diversity and inclusion, but I do believe that at some point, in order for there to be real innovation and real new products created, it takes a strong visionary leader. I had two conversations with two women, uh, one yesterday, one today, and one woman uh, works in a company and she was comparing her time at her previous employer where there was less structure and rigor Mm -hmm. to her new employer, which there's a lot of structure and rigor. Mm -hmm. And she said, I realized that at my previous company with 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 less structure, I was going on my intuition and hunch. Mm-hmm. And now at this new company, I'm, my intuition and hunch is being continually challenged. Right. And I said, how do you feel about it? She said, you know what? I like that my intuition and hunch is being challenged because it's making me do the research, the rigor to prove out whether or not my hunch or intuition is actually correct. Right. And I said, and what are you finding? She said, I'm finding that it is correct. However, I might have to kind of bend to this new process and kind of way of doing things. Right. I said, that's great. I said, because we need people like you. The, the, the problem is people go into an organization or a company or a relationship or whatever where there's a lot of guardrails and guidelines and, and, and process, mm-hmm. and, and you, don't, you feel like you're stifled and you don't think that you can contribute the way you might you know, uh, naturally want to get in there and, and kind of solve problems or, or identify inefficiencies or whatever it may be. Right. And you back away from it. Yeah. And I told her, I said, look, don't you dare change. Use those guardrails to do exactly what you find valuable, and that is make sure that your ideas and your hunches and your intuition is not going to derail the company, ruin the people that are working for you, and make a mess of stuff. Mm -hmm. But we need people to say, hey, this process has 48 steps. Couldn't we do better with just 18? Yeah. You still need people to be... Uh, insightful and intuitive and, and, and challenge the status quo and create a better way of doing something. Yeah. And, and the second woman that I spoke to, um, very nice, very nice woman. And they were concerned that they were having a difficult time being heard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because they might not have the suit and tie or pencil skirt and A-line, you know, <laughs> whatever. Uh, you know what I'm saying? That, 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 I see it. You're not necessarily an expert in women's clothing. Here. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. And if I were, I would either be a fashionista or I might dress differently on the weekends for myself. <laughs> not there's anything wrong with that. Now, um, but again, she's like, I'm not that type of personality. Yeah. So, and I don't. I don't have this persona that projects businesswoman executive. Right. So she felt like she's not being heard. And in those scenarios where she wasn't being heard, the ideas that she tried to propose to the team or to the collaborative group mm-hmm. were getting dismissed. Yeah. You know, so kind of to your point, you need somebody to come and say, I'm going to hear all ideas and all perspectives and ingest and learn as much information as I can about the subject. But then somebody needs to come with the big idea. Yeah. And then we can work together collaboratively to build on that. But even when you get too many cooks in the kitchen, somebody still needs to be the, 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 the head chef. Yep. And say, ho, 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 too much salt, pepper. Yeah. It's not the right amount of oregano. Get a, you know, whatever. Somebody still needs to lead. And as it relates to the design process, I think designers need to be that person that's leading the design process. Yeah. Not business strategy, maybe, but... The design process, leave it to the designers. Business strategy, leave it to the strategists. Yeah. You know, give them your ideas, but let them ride. 
Yeah, you know, I th- I think as we look at this, I I understand why those guardrails exist, um, especially as we we've talked about this before the scale of companies and the type of people that want to work in a company going from one to ten versus a hundred to a thousand or a thousand to ten thousand, right? You need different skill sets, and so I understand why the guardrails exist. But I think that in some instances, those guardrails can, to your point, snuff out that intuition, and you really need the intuition, I think, to move the needle. Um, you can drown yourself in research, and the research is not going to tell you the answer. It's not going to tell you what to do. That's right. It's just going to give you more information. Yep. And at some point, somebody has to look at this and say, you know what? We're going left. That's right. Well, I've got this report that says 97% of companies, when they go left, XYZ happens. Well, my company and my specific set of circumstances require that we make this move here. And so we're going to do it. I, I, you know, I, I just, I feel like some things can get committed to death. Yep. And, you you know, gunslingers, sometimes they miss. Sometimes oh, they throw interceptions. It's like, why why would you go that direction? You, you threw in the triple coverage. Right. Uh, not very smart. But sometimes they throw in the triple coverage, and it's exactly what they needed to win the game. Oh, dude, you know what makes me so sick is when I'm watching a game, they throw in the triple coverage, and when it's caught – Oh, quarterback, an amazing. Oh, <laughs> he fit it into that tight window. Oh, he just dropped it in the bucket. <laughs> but when they fail, ah, oh, he should have never did that. Statistically, you'd never run that play. And, oh, right. the wide receiver, he's a jump. It's like, wait a minute, man, which is it? Yeah. You know what I mean? I hate kind of like, let me see the outcome, and then I'll praise it or I'll diss it. Right. You know? But to, going back to, you know, 97% of, of, you know, the data shows 97% of blah, blah, blah happens this way. And there's a 3% chance it can go the other way. Right. Well, the beauty of where we live today is that we can test. Yeah. We don't have to just say, well, Jesse, I'm throwing your idea out the window because it's only in the three percent of, you know, there's only a three percent chance of success with that solution. Yeah. Great. That ask a cancer victim if they want the three percent shot at survival. Yeah. They're going to take it. Yeah. You dig what I'm saying? So quit punking out. Test it. Yeah. That's what I love about these companies that have this infrastructure and the framework built to allow for it, whether it's Amazon, it's Facebook, it's, you know, all these software companies that have the testing mechanisms in place to let you test it. So that's an amazing thing. Yeah. So when we look at some of these troubled founders recently, like, you know, there was the whole Uber saga with Travis uh, Kalanick and uh, the there was recently a New Yorker article on Zuckerberg that came out actually today as of this recording uh, and, it, and it was a long form it was really kind of an interesting look into um, Mark Zuckerberg's state of mind in, in, in these past uh, few months and, and really the past few years that they've been embroiled in all this controversy mm. um, and even with you know the things that Elon Musk is doing recently they're not necessarily great for uh, the company's standing in society. I mean, Travis is no longer the CEO of, of Uber. Right. Because of the culture, and there were some serious things that were happening there, and that was ultimately probably what was required was for him no longer to be in that position. Right. But a lot of the behaviors that are getting these executives in trouble now are the very same behaviors that allowed them to birth these new ideas into the world. Um, and so there is a lot of kind of it's almost are you willing to take the good with the bad in some of these instances, right? Like the gunslinger quarterback is going to throw a lot of picks, but they're also going to make a lot of big plays. 
Well, okay, so let's go with the, let's go with that gunslinger. And first, I, I don't. There are certain quarterbacks, i.e., innovators, mm-hmm. that are good for a couple years in the league. Yeah, right. They they can get you from that zero to a hundred. But the people that can take you from 100 to 1,000, it's a different team. You need, you know, like, for example, if we're talking football, um, Colin Kaepernick. I hate to say it. He was amazing when he came out. Why? Because he was scrambling. Mm-hmm. He was playing loose and this, that, and the other. But when they tried to put him into a very formalized system, yeah. he was no good yeah. in that system. Right? Mm-hmm. Still a good quarterback. And all the greats, when they're able to get in there and just do their thing, they're awesome. Yeah. But it only lasts for a couple years. Why? Because it's not sustainable. The defenses figure you out. All the coaches figure you out. You wear your body out much quicker, especially as a QB. Yeah. And they're like, hey, to have longevity in this game, you need to stand in the pocket, you know, three-step drop back, boom, mm-hmm. whatever. Fancy football stuff. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But same as, I think the same is true with a lot of these innovators that have built these amazing companies. Yeah. Let's be clear, dude. Mark Zuckerberg built an amazing product. They got it off the ground. Tremendous success. Seeing that dude sit up in front of the Senate, mm-hmm. sitting in front of the, the, the Parliament or UK, wherever he was at, it's not a good look. Yeah. It's not. It's like, yo, dude, you, Travis Kalanick, same way. It's like build the company, mature the company, get it to where you need that innovative innovative power to go for it. And then you got to let the other people that are better at that type of growth and sustainability and systems and processes and operations you need to let those people come in and do it yeah you know a lot of these great innovators have had great operators behind them right uh where you have and and this is relatively recent but you have a sandberg with a zuckerberg and you have a gwen shotwell with elon musk for spacex and spacex everyone has said is, is incredibly well run by gwen shotwell who's the president and you know they take these ideas that Elon is 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 championing, and, and all of his engineering team is championing, and they put it into the proper frame, and and they have the pro- the right machine around in that company for SpaceX to be doing incredibly well. And it, it, when you contrast that with something like Tesla, where he might not have that same type of trusted partner and trusted operator, you see the difference in those two companies. SpaceX is never in the news except for all the great launches and landings that they've done right. and all the clients that they've had and the, the satellites that they've launched, right? right? Whereas when you look at Tesla, Tesla is in the news every day and usually not for the right reason. And, you know, you look at the different people that are there, you've got the right engine of the operator and the innovator in that space. And similarly, you know, Sandberg and, and Zuckerberg, Sandberg is really the person with the business acumen who came in and really streamlined the operation and made it this p- money printing machine. Mm. Um, Whereas before, you know, it can be difficult to have that that operator, that innovator, be a great operator. Just to your point, where you might be in a, a quarterback in a system that doesn't suit you, but you might be a quarterback with the right pieces around you, like a Tom Brady, right? Uh, where y- you succeed time and again. Where you know, and, and this is recently in the news where Brady had said at one point that Aaron Rodgers was way more talented than him, but Aaron Rodgers doesn't have the infrastructure that Tom Brady does. Dude, and, you know, it, similarly, when you look at business, I, I I stand by the fact that you need the spark plug. You need the visionary leader. You need the Steve Jobs. But you also need the Tim Cook. You right. also need the Sheryl Sandberg. You also need the Gwen Shotwell, who's yep. like the operator. I love it. No, I totally agree. Totally agree. One other thing I want to hit on, <clears throat> uh, you know, when we start talking about suffering these uh, 
these 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 innovators and their flamboyance and their recklessness and their antics and their abuse of power and all these kinds of things mm-hmm. how how long do we tolerate it we don't tolerate it at all mm-hmm. first of all i think it's despicable some of the things that i mean we've all made mistakes mm-hmm. Nah, we all live in a glass house i'm not throwing stones but w- you know you have to demonstrate some uh i get it hold on i'm stepping back from that i was out of line let me apologize and, and course correct mm-hmm. I was watching, uh, and this made me sick. I was watching a CNN bit where Scott Galloway, uh, professor of uh, you know brand strategy and such at NYU, um, he's you know one of the founders of L2, which was recently acquired by Gartner, um, and a uh, great guy. I like him, mm-hmm. my man crush. And uh, <laughs> he was on CNN, um, and and it was a CNN commentator. He's a British guy, <clears throat> so I don't know if it was a UK version of CNN or whatever. But nevertheless. Mm-hmm. This guy was saying something to the effect of halfway defending, like, well, why should people care that Elon Musk, because Elon said some pretty nasty things about one of the uh, gentlemen that helped coordinate the, the rescue of the kids that got stuck in right. the caves mm-hmm. in, in yeah. Malaysia the or the Thailand or whatever. Yeah, the UK, the European dude, right? Mm-hmm. And, and he said some really nasty things. Don't know why he said them, but I'm not sure if they're, they're based in fact or not. Not mm-hmm. the point. The point was Scott Galloway said, look, I own a Tesla, love Tesla, but you know what? I have to protest and basically I'm selling my Tesla mm-hmm. because I don't want to no longer be associated with those types of leaders. Yeah. Not the weed part, not the stuff he did on the, what was it Joe Rogan's podcast mm-hmm. or show? It was for some of these really outlandish comments that he made about this man who, you know, again, for what reason? I don't know why he said these things. Yeah. I haven't researched it enough to understand why he said it. But I appreciate Scott Galloway saying, dude, I just don't want to. And the CNN news reporter dude was asking questions. Like, oh, well, isn't it? I mean, you know, you're kind of going off on the rails. I mean, he's making a great company. His share prices are this and that. And Scott Galloway was like, no, the principal thing to do is boycott it. I'm going to walk with my, you know, I'm going to let my money do with the walk and I'm out of mm-hmm. here. I can go buy another car. I can go buy another electric. I don't have to tolerate and support that. Yeah. And the CNN guy kept going on and on and on. I was actually super surprised that. And Scott Galloway kind of checked him. So if you get time, go on YouTube, YouTube Scott Galloway Tesla deal, um, and you'll see it most recently. And you'll see what I'm saying. It's like, why are you defending? But I'm going to say it. The reporter dude was kind of a blowhard himself. So he was kind of, it was kind of like, I I identify with Tesla and and Elon's kind of of outlandish nature. So therefore, I didn't see, he didn't sound like he had a problem with it. Right. I was like, dude, man, you got to be on the side of right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it doesn't matter whether you think it's offensive or you disagree with it being offensive. If somebody says it's offensive, it's offensive to them. Yeah. You know, so, but but again, it's like, I don't have to suffer these guys, right? It's like, I'm happy that you brought this technology into the marketplace. I'm happy that you, you know, invested your money and brought these processes and the vision. Because let's be clear, Elon Musk is a pretty savvy dude and he has done some pretty innovative things but he's not like an inventor right i mean the electric car has been here for a long time uh rocket landings have been touted as crazy never i don't know how well they attempted it or how well they you know failed how many times they failed at trying mm-hmm. but that wasn't novel it was like you i know, think the idea to try and do it might have might have been but certainly i, I don't know I, I agree with you. I, you know, you have to be on the right side of right, and I'm not in any in any way saying that we should allow for criminal or immoral behaviors in our in these leaders. You know, there is a line that we can draw and say beyond this line, we will go no further. <clears throat> but again, not but 
again, in the area, in the realm of business, there are, um, I'll use another analogy. Mm-hmm. There are great coaches out there in, in sport. Um, let's, and in order to become great at sport, you have to be willing to sacrifice. Part of that yeah. sacrifice, you, 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 might be, you might be made to suffer. Uh, these these two-a-day football practices in the heat, which we're getting away from for, for health reasons, right. or two-a-days in, in, basketball, in, a, in a basketball gym doing workouts, pushing yourself past your limits. I think it requires the right type of coach to push you up to the point of breaking, but not over the line, but up to that point. There is a certain amount of suffering that you have to be willing to endure or that you might be more willing to endure if you know that this is a championship coach. If I do what he's telling me to do, even though it makes me uncomfortable, and not, again, not in an illegal or immoral way, right. but it's pushing me past what I thought myself capable of, I can achieve things that I didn't think it was possible to achieve. So, uh, and again, I, I have to qualify this statement with nothing that's illegal or immoral, but we're looking at the, the coaches that we lionize Maybe I'll use Bob Knight in this example. I don't agree with a lot of the things that he said or done recently, but he's a famously incredibly hard coach. But he pushed his players to a, to, to greatness. Even with Popovich, I love Popovich. Mm-hmm. Popovich is a is a very he's a players coach, but he's a very strict coach, he, and he knows how to push his players and what ways and what buttons to push in order to get them to succeed. So there is that element of. Suffering for greatness that I think can be associated with some of these people. Uh, yeah, and there ain't nothing wrong with suffering for greatness. I don't think anybody has a problem with hard work, sweat, this sucks, I'm in here at midnight tonight. Oh, right. my God, I'm exhausted. I'm hitting these weights. I'm running <clears throat> this hill. I'm, I'm going to the mat, right? Um, you know, it's the and if you think about it, from what I gather, I mean, I think there were some pretty schmaltzy, salesy kind of things that one of those leaders were involved in that's not cool. Right. So it's like, yeah, you're pushing me into the illegal slash immoral, you know, uh, not really a strong business ethics there. You know, yeah. um, that's not cool. But the things that we're talking about that are kind of getting these guys into trouble is stuff that's happening, quote, unquote, out of the office right. or, you know, antics inside of their, quote, unquote, office. <clears throat> that's not acceptable. And I know you're not saying that it is, but just to clarify for everybody, oh, yeah, I don't mind. And I want a strong leader. I want a strong visionary. And I don't even really have a problem with whether or not I necessarily agree with the vision. Mm-hmm. I mean, now I'm not going to go with a vision that I just flat out goes against my own moral code. Right. But, you know, it's like, oh, wow, I think we should really go after this particular market. I'm like, yeah, really be more awesome to go with the other market, or at least I think it would be, right? Yeah. You know, we all have our preferences and stupid, stupid uh, judgments. But, no, we've done the analysis. It looks like this is the marketplace where we really have the opportunity to win best. Okay, great, let's go for it. And it might be a winning strategy. I might, yeah. But I'm going to go give it give it hell and be wholehearted, and I don't mind if we have to work hard, that or that. So nobody has a problem working hard. And even I was watching last night. I can't remember if it was uh, is it Sean McVay? Is that the new coach for the uh, the, the uh, Rams? The Rams, yeah, right. Young coach, right? Yeah. I think it's the second or third year in the league. But the commentator that was calling it, I think it was actually Jason Winton, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I think he was saying like you know they were having interviews with either Sean McVay or or, or Wade Phillips or you know or or uh, or even maybe uh, John Gruden, right? Mm-hmm. Um, new coach of the Raiders, 10, mil- 10 years, hundred million dollar deal. Um, but they were saying these young players want to be coached. Yeah, they want to be trained. They want great, and they know to be great, I have to be under somebody great. Yeah, 
You know what I mean? Let's be clear. There's not a coach on the planet that can outplay any of the players that they have. Mm-hmm. But they still respect the coach, want to be trained by him, want to be led. Yeah. And these leaders need to lead, and they need to lead in more ways than one. You know, so, uh, but, you know, transitioning over to uh, Alex Jones on uh, Twitter kind of looked like they, they kind of, you know, asked him to not <laughs> publish any more content or forced him not to mm-hmm. on their platforms. Um, you know, I think, it's, I think it's fascinating that, you know, we're starting to see, again, I made the comment to one of my team members that, you know, how do you guys feel about, you know, this censorship or this kind of blocking of content on, on these platforms? And they're like, well, you know, um, it's kind of interesting because, you know, I mean, I don't know if our freedom of speech is really being attacked. And I said, Twitter isn't America. Mm-hmm. Facebook isn't the United States. It's a company. Mm-hmm. So your freedom of speech doesn't that, – that doesn't apply here. They're, they don't have that constitutional – you know, right. it's not part of the constitution of Facebook or Twitter to say, you can say whatever you want. That's not it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, I appreciate, again, going back to what we said before, appreciate these companies taking a stand saying, dude, look, this is our company. This is our store. This mm-hmm. is our platform. We don't like it. And yeah. guess what? We have every right to not have you on this in this environment. Yeah. You know, so – Again, that was just something that came up today. Twitter ain't America. Tweet it. Yeah. You know, and to that point, I think I'm glad that you put a a sharper point on this um, just for anyone who may have been – if we might not have communicated as clearly as maybe we should have or I should have, I I am speaking solely about playing within the lines here Mm -hmm. um, and and clean competition. But I, I believe that to your point, in order to be great, you have to work with great people and sure. you have to have a strong vision set by someone who I think is willing to make difficult decisions and be firm in those decisions and set that vision out very clearly. This is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. Let's all push to, together in this direction. Yeah. Um, you know, It's that desire to be in a place where you feel that that sense of leadership and that sense of purpose um, very strongly. So, And I'll say this, that I, I personally have worked for a lot of visionaries and a lot of really brilliant people. And I would say that the best leaders, they don't, as much as they might have a strong vision and a clear course that, they're, that, they, that they've charted yeah. for, for an idea, a business, a, a strategy or whatever, the ones that are the best they still will listen to sound judgment, good reason, other ideas. Mm-hmm. They're not trying to strong arm everything themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? So even though you might, you know, if you're under a great leader, they have the vision, but they also are smart enough to know they don't have all the vision. Yeah. They might say, hey, dude, you know what? We, we want to make sure that our customers love our products. Wow. Versus we just got to hit our number. Mm-hmm. Hitting our number is not a vision. Yeah. It's a, it's a goal. It's a tactic. It's a, it's a necessity. Yeah. You know, having people love your products. Now, that's a vision. Yeah. Because now that aligns everything. Hey, hold on. Wait a minute. A legal team. Do our customers love the terms that we just put forth in front of them? Mm-hmm. No. Can we adjust it so that they do love it? Yes. Then why don't we do that? Yeah. Okay. It's going to protect us. Yes. Protect them. Yeah, great. Oh, good. Hey, product team. Do customers like, now, granted, you're not going to like every part of every product. We all know that. But, hey, can we make this easier for them to blank, blank, blank? Yeah. We can? Great. Because we want their response to be, wow, this was so easy. Yeah. 
right? So that's a vision. But they're still open to saying, hey, you know what? I think we can do better here. Really, what's your idea? Let's hear it. Yeah. You know, that's a great leader. And the last thing I want to hit is you said, you know, you want you don't mind working hard for great people and all that. Even if you don't have great people, we live in an era where we can read all about greatness. Yeah. We can watch greatness on YouTube, podcasts, videos, you name it, website, blah, 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 television, documentaries, movies. There's so many ways to get great. And you might live in a part of the country where you don't have greatness around you or right. you might be too young to have a true exposure but you can get out there and, and develop that greatness in yourself yeah and i remember when i started designing for the web back in the the, the, the late 90s i was up almost every day till 4 a.m yeah crank it and there was nobody else to look to yeah there was nothing great on the web at that point there was no there were a couple great firms in, in the city but i just had to go for it i kept trying and trying and trying and trying and trying and posting and sharing and talking and friends asking, what are you doing? Oh, check it out. Da, da, da. Wow, this is great. And it started going and growing and I started building a name and getting credibility and getting jobs and opportunities. I didn't have anybody to model after. Yeah. I was passionate about a thing and I just worked the reps as best I could. Yeah. You know, so you got to have that in yourself. And I, I love that. I think that's really what this all kind of boils down to is that internal kind of fire God that fire. you have to have. Um, that drive to be great, and I, I've seen it in so many people. Yep. Um, but when you have that internal fire and that internal just desire to absorb everything that you can and learn everything that you can and make the best things for people, make the world a better place. I mean, as pie in the sky as that is, ultimately, as designers, I think we have a real opportunity in building these software products to create things for the better. And to your point about... Um, those strong leaders who are willing to listen, I've, I've heard it phrased as strong opinions held loosely, where you, ha- are co- you have convictions given the information that you have, right. but when you're presented with new information, you have the ability to change your conviction. Totally. What you should do, yeah. um, and, and we have some, some leaders in some high places who are unwilling to change their conviction no matter what information they see, and that's where you run into issues. Right. So... I think that kind of puts a bow on that, but that's really what it is. It's getting to put a bow on that. Oh, let's dive back in. (laughs) Jump back, unwrap that package. You said something. Was it strong convictions held? Strong opinions held loosely. Strong opinions held loosely. I love that. Uh, I think you know many of us have our various beliefs, whether you're Christian, Muslim, Buddhist, atheist, agnostic, you name it. Right? Doesn't matter. Um, I like living my life with that principle. Mm -hmm. It's like. I don't mind if science comes along and proves something that I thought was a miracle or a or, or something else. Like I heard Malcolm uh, uh, Gladwell. Malcolm Gladwell. Oh, that dude is so smart. He <laughs> told a story about uh, David and Goliath. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude. We thought, you know, he said historically David and Goliath was a story about, um, you know, David, this small ruddy boy killing a giant. And, you know, a lot of the emphasis on the story was somehow translated into – the power of God propelled that stone into, you know, if you go to church and you listen to a preacher preach it, mm-hmm. say the power of God propelled that stone into that man's head, right? But Malcolm Gladwell, it's on TED, uh, TED Talk right now, and, and TED has this new format where it's this very intimate environment where they're almost standing like in a, in a living room kind of setting, and mm-hmm. there's like people sitting around, and they're right there. And so he was very intimate with this, with this audience, and he, and he told this story. And he said, 
when you read that account in the Bible and you actually start looking at it through the lens of science, you start to see some things that you might not have noticed before. And what you notice is Goliath, seven foot tall or however big he was, right, giant at the time, said, come down here so that I can feed your you know, bones to the birds of the air or something like this, right? Mm-hmm. And he said, there's a clue in that, you know? And he basically went down to say, based on when uh, Goliath saw David running towards him with his stat, he said, with two sticks. And the story will tell you that David went down there with a staff and a sling. Mm-hmm. So what Malcolm Gladwell said, he said, look, basically people back in the day, and, 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 and there's different conditions where um, folks have a, I can't remember the name of the... the uh, gigantism? It, it is like a gigantism thing or something. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called, though. But anyways, again, watch the Malcolm Gladwell thing. He tells a better story. I wasn't prepared to talk, talk about this. just came up. But he's like, there's a condition that, you know, your bones grow at a different rate. Your body grows at a different place. Your brain develops differently. So you almost have, like, some disability, really. Mm-hmm. It's like some people that are that large uh, sometimes might have what kind of looks like a... Uh, uh, mental disabilities mm-hmm. and physical disabilities and things. So they said that he had to be led down to the battlefield, right? So it's like, oh, and this person's vision might be bad, and that's why he saw two sticks And when there was really one. So there's all these different things from a science perspective. It's like, wow, he needed to be – he was expecting him to go hand-to-hand combat. Why? Because his vision wasn't good. So if my vision isn't good and I'm right up on you, well, I can see you mm-hmm. and I can get at you. But David came from a far off distance and threw that rock and hit him in the head. He said, now you got to think about the sling. The sling was not a sling like a slingshot. The sling was a sling that was almost like an artillery weapon from back in the medieval days. Or not the medieval days, but like ancient times. And it's a sling where you basically have a, a, a sling and you put this rock in, inside of a, a, a little sheath. And you spin it around, spin it around, spin it around, whip it. And it was almost like the, the, the rifle of the day. Mm-hmm. It was almost like a pistol of the day. And so he's like, David basically shot this dude in the middle of the forehead. And that's what took him out. And he happened to hit him right in the, you know, in the sweet spot. David was not out. He said, oh, I'll go out here in battle because I've protected my flock against lions and bears. He was 12 years old. He's not out there having hand-to-hand combat with a lion. He's slinging the sling and knocking these fools out across the land, right? So it's like a very interesting kind of uh, – you know, way of, of, of revealing those facts coming back and kind of telling a different story than what people might have thought. All that to say, I didn't have... <laughs> I was wondering where you're taking this. Oh, you know, hey, <laughs> so some of our friends say Corwin Rambles. This is a Corwin Ramble. Here we go. Bam. Um, but again, it's a, it, it, I had an opinion about that, but it's held loosely. It's like, oh, great. Yeah, I thought that the story, as the story was told, that, oh, there was some miraculous power of God that helped propel this stone and take out this giant to, you know, kind of you know, uh, liberate the, the children of Israel or mm-hmm. whatever. No, that, that, that's not what it was at all. It's like, hey, this is how a story of a young guy had courage and went out and faced this thing to free his people mm-hmm. or to fight for his, his, his people, you know, because of his confidence that he had in him. Why did he have that confidence? Because he'd been out in the wilderness doing the reps by himself. Mm-hmm. So when he saw this dude out here challenging people and talking smack about his country, he said, no, 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 no. I'm going to stand for something. Even if it means sacrificing everything. <laughs> that was a good one. You like that? <laughs> Nike, get me money. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so I, I think that was, like, um, I guess, looking at 
why it's important that even if you don't have greatness around you to cultivate that within yourself. Yep. Right. Absolutely. And to do the reps in the wilderness so that when the time comes and the opportunity presents itself, you're prepared. Um, and you can do that and you can be ready for that by having that fire and going out and learning from wherever you can. Absolutely. Let's talk about respect for a second. Yeah. Um, you know, this is something, right? I'll just, I'll just only, I'll just use this to, to dovetail off where we were before in transition. Mm-hmm. I'll make the transition a little more elegant. David wasn't respected, right? Mm-hmm. Goliath even said, you send the, this, this little dog out here mm-hmm. against me? Goliath didn't respect him. And you're going to find that in your career, in your life, in your relationship with your family, your friends, your coworkers, your family, your mom, your dad, whatever, you're not going to be respected all the time. Mm-hmm. You could be dead right, and you're not going to be respected. And it's in part because of the way that people perceive you. My son asked me a question the other day that I won't ask you the question that he asked me, but he was basically asking me about uh, essentially how it appears life may be unfair and stacked against certain types of people and people groups and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. So we had a great conversation. And um, I said, dude, it doesn't matter what hands you've been dealt. Mm-hmm. You got to go out there and you got to earn the respect. You got to do the work that's required to get to where you need to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, this Nike commercial that we saw, it's like, you know, there's people fighting through all these disabilities and challenges to be great. One arm, no arm, no legs, mm-hmm. being great little kid wrestling with no legs and, and, and stomping them out, mm-hmm. you know, and it and, and doesn't matter where you're from, doesn't matter how you grew up, doesn't matter if you had money, no money. You have to go do the work yourself to earn the respect on that playing field, whether the playing field is in the design realm or the playing field is a literal playing field or it is in the boardroom. Mm-hmm. You've got to put in the work. And learn the game and learn how to play it so that you can earn the respect of people that you might not even want their respect. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I just want to encourage people because I'm just kind of pumped up today and kind of pissed off that we so oftentimes as a people, we do each other so dirty. Mm-hmm. And we, we push people down and we don't encourage them. We don't motivate them. We don't listen to them. Yeah. And how much knowledge and wisdom are we missing out on because of our own selfishness and wanting to get our own way and wanting to have the shine for myself and not let anybody else get in. It's like, dude, it's driving me wild, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's such an important point. And I think when you are from a community that doesn't often get shots and you get a shot, sometimes you feel like you earned that shot. It was all you. Mm. And you know, you might not want to give somebody else a shot because you made it, you're here, and, you know, you're focused on yourself, you're focused on your glow up, you're focused on how do I move forward, how do I get the next thing that I need, how do I get the next promotion, right? How do I make sure my ideas are heard and valued? Um, And so by doing that, we don't look behind us, we don't look Who's coming next? Who's coming after us? Right. Who? How can I help them? How can I give them the shot? Because it's like, hey, I, I worked hard to get here. I didn't get any handouts, right? Oh and so gosh. you're going to have to figure it out on your own. Well, that's and it's, it's it, so – It's. I, I just want to say that I'm yeah. thankful that 
you know, I got lucky and found a, an opportunity that someone who had the opportunity to give me a shot was not like that. And they gave me that shot. Yep. And so for each person that does that, you give someone else an opportunity to do the same thing. It's, it's an, it, there's network effects there, right? Right. Well, we say, we, we, we all, it's goofy, right? We all stand on the shoulders of greatness. Yeah. You know, you never, nobody, you know what I mean? I don't think that, I don't know, I don't follow uh, LeBron James. Like, uh, I think he's great, awesome dude, but I, you know, I don't follow him, so I don't know his story, so some of you might. But I don't think LeBron ever would have problems being compared as second best to Michael Jordan mm-hmm. or, or, or Magic Johnson or Kareem or Wilk Chamberlain or one of those other basketball greats because he knows those guys paved the way for me, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and everybody, even that's what drives me crazy. Now, the opposite side, we talked about collaboration and somebody's got a lead, but there's also a piece of collaboration that is very beneficial. It's like, hold on, this is our thing. Yeah. I can't do this by myself. And I hate it when people take all the credit. I love when we're watching like the Emmys and the Grammys and all this stuff. And people get up there and actually thank all the people that helped them. Mm-hmm. My agent. You know, my band, my, my parents for sacrificing, my the director and the sound guys and the cinema. Thank you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even directors. If you watch, like, any of the uh, Pixar kind of documentaries, mm-hmm. man, was it John Lasseter? I think he's the director of, like, Cars and, and Up and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. He'll tell you. He's like, oh, man, work with these amazing people, this, that, and the other, this, that, and the other. And I won't name names, but there's some other directors that are like, yeah, I had to invent this technology, and I had to do this, that, and the other to make this happen. And yeah. It's like, really? Yeah. So you're inventing technology now? <laughs> uh, you? You out there just kind of soldering iron and, a, and an old computer, and you're making it happen. It's like, yeah. come on, bro. Now, again, I'm being kind of cheeky, but, dude, give credit where credit is due, you know? And, and I think that, you know, that helps with uh, developing that respect. When, you, when people see you putting them up and, and, and acknowledging their achievements and their, their excellence and other people see you doing that, you're going to get it coming back to you, Yeah, you know? Yeah, this was a little bit all over the place today, all but over. I think that there two things can be true at once. I think that the desire for strong leadership and that the acceptance of the fact that strong leadership is a good thing is is on one hand, and on the other hand, a strong leader is willing to encourage collaboration and to give other people who might not have had a shot before a shot and to encourage them to say that even if you're facing a Goliath, you might feel like entering a new field as your Goliath. Um, you know, it might be six cubits in a span, which is <laughs> nine feet and nine inches, just nice. so that we can clarify that. Look at you, six <laughs> cubits in a span. I looked it up all right, I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that that can be overcome, and it can be overcome with people. Yes. So, you know, I, I can feel that we're, we're, you know, we're of two minds at once here, but the, it, it all goes together. There are qualities of a good leader that comes in, in setting a strong vision. Yep. And it's a, another quality of a, a good leader to hold that strong opinion loosely yes. and to enc- encounter new ideas from people on their team Oof. that they gave a shot that, uh, you know what, maybe I should go in this direction instead of this direction. Yes. But just being sure of yourself and, and really, you know, Allowing for that high degree of uncertainty and allowing for people to encourage you as a leader and, and inform you as a leader uh, of the right direction to go. So, absolutely, no nah, man. I, I think that's a great way to wrap it up. Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. I always enjoy these discussions. Yeah, appreciate it. This one, uh, this one was a little bit more passionate, I think. Yeah, and that's okay. That's good. Yeah, can we get a little ramble every now and then? Yeah, a little <laughs> ramble. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. 
Thanks for listening. To stay up to date with all things Colored by Design, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor.fm. And if you enjoyed listening, please leave us a positive rating on your platform of choice, and we will see you next time. Cheers. Cheers.